Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us in our podcast studio, Sheila Morris. Sheila's published works include five nonfiction books. The most recent is Southern Perspectives on the Queer Movement, Committed to Home, published by the University of South Carolina Press and released in December of 2017. She has an international following of her blog, I'll Call It Like I See It. She's also the recipient of the Human Rights Campaign Equality Award for her leadership and service to the South Carolina LGBTQ community. And her first book, Deep in the Heart, A Memoir of Love and Longing, won a Golden Crown Literary Literary Society Award in 2008. She's a graduate of the University of Texas at Austin and also has a master's degree from the University of South Carolina. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Curtis. It's a it's a real treat for me to be able to come and uh, participate in your podcast. I am honored to be invited. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. And I'll also add, Sheila and I go way back, like almost 30 years. We do. We really do. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that we were going to uh, tell any personal tales, which I hope we're not. But um, <laughs> yes, Curtis and I have been good friends for, for many years, like about 30 years. So I, that's an additional treat for me to be able to do this with him. Well, it's lovely to have you here. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about how you first got interested in writing to begin with, because I know you've got a lot of other books. And today you've been here for a speaker at the center uh, on your, your latest book. But how did you originally get interested in writing? You know, that's a funny thing uh, that that you would ask that because um, just recently I've been looking through some old journals. Um, I I was always one to have a journal to write in, um, and I would write about five or six pages, and um, then I would uh, buy me a new journal and (laughs) start another one uh, and do five or six pages in it. But anyway, I have a bunch of journals, and... So I was recently looking through them just to see, gosh, you know, when was this? What? So I looked at one that was from 19, um, let's see, I think it was 1992, maybe. That would be how many years ago? 27 years ago. Is mm-hmm. that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, I was looking at the journal, and it was this 30-day plan for uh, becoming more successful in whatever you were doing. <laughs> I was on a 30-day mission uh-huh. uh, to do better. And, um, and you, one of the things, exercises, was, of course, setting goals for yourself. Mm-hmm. What were you going to be doing mm-hmm. and all that? And um, one of them was, uh, one of the goals I had was I wanted to be wealthy. Um, and so at that point in time, my idea of being wealthy was having a maid, a gardener, uh, and a new set of golf clubs. Um, so anyway, but one of the other goals that I found and just was so stunned by was I said, I want to write a book. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I have always been interested in writing, but I never had the time for it because I spent 40 years working with numbers. Mm-hmm. And in 2006, um, I I got this, I got this, I don't know, desire to put down stories about things that had happened in my my life and so Teresa my wife said why don't you take a writing course you know why Mm -hmm. don't you take a writing course and I said well that's a good idea so I went to take a course at Midlands Tech 
out at Harbison, and I, I didn't like that class, so I dropped out. <laughs> then I went to take another one at on Midlands Tech campus over at Beltline, and I loved it. Um, I loved the class. I loved the teacher whose uh, name I can't think of right at this moment. But anyway, I wrote a story about an experience I had in church mm-hmm. when I was a child, and um, the teacher liked the story. I liked the story, and so... Uh, that was my actually became the first chapter in my book, Deep in the Heart. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's been a journey, um, a long journey, and um, uh, but I could I mean I've always been interested in it. I've always been a huge reader, and um, so this kind of was a natural development. But it just started really late in life. Mm-hmm. I was actually. Um, so when you were little, you never said, I want to be an author or a writer when I grow no, up. No, <laughs> I never said that until I was, you know, middle-aged. But mm-hmm. interestingly enough, I found writings that I did as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember anything about it or why I did it or anything. But I did find some that I kept. But anyway, this has come as kind of a third act for me in my life. Well, you mentioned journals. And... If you've always been the kind of person to, you know, to journal and write down your thoughts, then that really translates into blogging. So can you talk a minute about what your blog is about? Yes, I've had three blogs, actually. Um, I started blogging um, shortly after my first book came out. So I've been blogging now for, um, that'd be about 12 years. And the first blog that I had was, I had my alter ego with my dog, um, and I called it Red's Rants and Raves. And I was able, as Red's voice, I was able to say a lot of things that would irritate people if it had been me saying them. Um, it's easier to take it from the sweet puppy. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, when you had a dog that was talking about something. But anyway, that led to uh, a pictures blog. I had actually a, a blog for, you know, all the pictures associated with Red and his cohorts and then the last blog i started was i'll call it like i see it Mm -hmm. um which i started this um this particular blog because i was interested in trying to get a publisher for my new book Mm -hmm. which was my third book and it was called i'll call it like i see it a lesbian speaks out so this blog that i've had now um really is in you know from that and the blog is just really it's just I call it flash nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's short. It's sometimes sweet, sometimes not sweet. Um, but it's political views. It's views on um, everything, really, cultural things. Um, uh, but primarily, it's a way for me to keep a voice going, which I think is important for the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. to have a lesbian voice mm-hmm. um, in the blogosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had an international following, like you said, and um, it's been really so satisfying for me to do it. I just love it when I write a blog, and then, you know, and it's fun when people read it and comment on it and relate to it, and so all those things have been good, and it's been a wonderful thing for me. That's very neat to be able to keep all those thoughts out there for anybody who's interested and, and, and keep that information alive. I want to talk a little bit about the book you uh, spoke about today, and that's your latest book. And this is the, um, the Southern Perspectives on the Queer Movement Committed to Home. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to put this together. How did it all get started? You know, I felt for a long time, as you get older, 
you have more of an interest in legacy. Um, and I felt for a long time that um, one of the things that was missing in our community uh, was we really didn't have a history kept. We had a history, but it wasn't being recorded mm-hmm. and preserved. The you know in South Carolina, the there is a very big focus on historical. I mean, you know, one of the original colonies, Civil War. You've got all these marvelous histories that mm-hmm. record mm-hmm. Um, what has happened in our state. But if you have had a question about, you know, well, what about the LGBTQ community? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I said, that's ridiculous. And, and so I felt this, you know, need for the book. Um, but I, I really didn't envision being the one to write it. But then it became clear to me that there weren't a lot of people who were going to f- do that. Mm-hmm. And so I had I had a desire to preserve the history of the community. And particularly, I wanted to preserve the ones who were the organizers mm-hmm. uh, of the movement. Um, that was a, a really the, the key. Um, I talked with Harriet Hancock um, and... You know, I thought about writing a, a book on just Harriet's life, but mm-hmm. when we got together, it really became clear that it was time to really, um, you know, to try to uh, let these people's voices be heard mm-hmm. um, as the rest of um, our our citizens uh, in the state. Um, it it it's it was just almost a mission i guess you Mm -hmm. could say and it took about four years it took it took four years to write and then another two years i guess you could say to get it published Mm -hmm. and go through the publishing process that's a labor of love i mean you really have to you have to be devoted to spend that much time i yeah i was compassionate i mean i was passionate about this book and as i said in the earlier talk today um it was very difficult to do um you know, I did all those interviews. I, I then I would go back and I had recorded them, and I have to go back and write it down. Then I would try to have to compile all those things in mm-hmm. in an essay for them in their voice. Right. You know, and so I'd always written things for my in my voice, but mm-hmm. I really tried in this book as the editor to just speak for them mm-hmm. as they would speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think hopefully um, I did that um, for, for everybody who, mm-hmm. who who we did the interview process with. But yes, it was a labor of love and it, it was something I was ready to give up several, several <laughs> times. <laughs> that, that can happen. I, I wanted to get you to talk a little bit about your writing process. And the reason is because this book is so different from your other books. Uh, like you said, you know, editing something and writing from, f- you know, for another person versus writing from your own personal experience is, are, is very different. So could you compare and contrast maybe your other books with this? Yes. Um, this this was, you know, gosh, it was like night and day, really. You wouldn't think it would be that hard <laughs> um, because I had written, you know, several books at the time. Um, that had been published and so I thought originally when I started out I thought oh gosh this is just like you know shouldn't be that hard Mm -hmm. but it turned out to be just an enormous task because in my own books you know it's I'm I'm trying to speak in my own voice Mm -hmm. but with this book you're trying to create the stories 
in a way that as if they were sitting there telling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes um, I just it it was overwhelming. Really, the task was overwhelming. But I I kept at it, and I I think for anybody who's out there who's thinking about writing and the writing process and all, you know, I think the thing is is um, that is you have to keep at it. I mean. You know, I have people come up to me a lot and they say, I've got this idea for a book. I'd like to write a book. And I say, write it, you know, go ahead and write it. If you've got an idea Mm -hmm. that you think is good, go ahead and put it down. Mm -hmm. But the key is most people don't do that. Mm -hmm. The key is most people say, yeah, I've got this idea, but then they they don't pursue it. They aren't persistent. Mm -hmm. And that is the key not only in this Southern Perspectives on the Queer Movement Committed to Home book, Mm -hmm. but every book I've written, it's been a matter of persistence. And, you know, uh, that is the process for Mm -hmm. me is right, right, right. And one of the things I think that follows through through all of your uh, publications is almost alluded to the the short story philosophy because you know like in 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 deep in the heart and all of these they're they're all stories you know and i think that's one thing that i think is continuous through your work is is i mean you think of a blog post that can be a short story right there it is and you know so funny because when i first started out and started talking to on panels and different things people would always say to me why don't you write fiction why don't you write fiction and i would always say because i can't i I don't even i can't think of the names of people okay (laughs) that's my first problem when i start to write and i have started to write a lot of fiction Uh but the first problem i always have is i've got to name that character something Uh and then i quit with it but (laughs) but the stories i write are real Mm -hmm. and sometimes that is the best thing for me if it mm-hmm. is for me, it is the way that I write. And when I write, I write, and then I'll read it out loud to see how it flows. Then I'll revise it. I might, on a blog, I might make 30 revisions on a blog before I mm-hmm. ever publish it. Mm-hmm. But I want it, everything I put out, I want it to be the best that I can make it. Mm-hmm. It may not be the best of everybody's, sure. but it's the best that I can make it. I try to, you know, I don't want to be sloppy with grammar or anything. I want it to be the best that I can make it, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes out, then it's up to other people what they feel and what they how they feel about the book or whatever they feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this book, you've got uh, twenty-one essentially twenty-one different bios. There, that's right. It's kind of it's twenty-one different individuals here in South Carolina who um, you know have been a. a steadfast part of the uh the lgbtq community and um how did you go about selecting these individuals oh well that's very controversial (laughs) and uh it was very subjective um Mm -hmm. harriet and i when we were talking about doing the book we i said well let's make a list of everybody we think we could that should be in that Mm -hmm. book that Mm -hmm. we can think of did you have a long long list oh we had a long long list whittling it down (laughs) we did (laughs) we really did we probably had i don't know we probably had 40 names to start Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. or 45 i don't know a bunch of them and in the original proposal that i made to different publishers Mm -hmm. i had a bunch of other names in in the proposal Mm -hmm. that i actually ended up with doing in the book Mm -hmm. yes it it was very difficult to to whittle and and you know bring it down to to the ones that we did one of the reasons curtis that it came to 
21 was i just frankly i got exhausted <laughs> i mean it was i was tired uh-huh, and you sure. know it was it'd been you know like four years that i've been working on it mm-hmm. and it just takes such an inordinate amount and i'm gonna tell you too you got to schedule people to come and they're oh, yeah. busy and several of these people were out of state tony snell lived up in um wisconsin mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, there were different pressures to get people. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's busy doing other things. They didn't want to sit down and talk, except Dick Covered. He was happy to sit down and talk <laughs> right. with yes, for that. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, yes, it, it was a process, and, and um, you know, it, it was subjective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are there any specific stories that kind of pop out in your mind when you think of this collection? Something that, that maybe means, means something to you? Yeah, I well, every story had had something that that was particularly meaningful to me when I I read it, mm-hmm. uh, when I was working on it. Um, I guess maybe you know, the one that one that I didn't write mm-hmm. that was written by somebody else was Linda Kettner's. Mm-hmm. When I think of her story about faith, mm-hmm. and her story about her struggle with, you know making a spiritual journey mm-hmm. as a lesbian mm-hmm. um it's moving because linda really tried i mean she really tried she went to different churches you know uh, linda had a um you know her story is a story of struggle and what she points out in her story ab- about her spiritual journey as a lesbian is that it was a very lonely journey mm-hmm. she didn't have anybody supporting her in that mm. you know her parents um, didn't encourage her in in anything. Um, the women she was, you know, ultimately became involved in, they mm-hmm. weren't interested in her spiritual, you know, mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. So she, Linda, had a lonely journey, and um, I think what she writes about that is, you know, her is a very moving story. Mm-hmm. So that story sticks out, and then. Oh, there's a million incidents mm-hmm. that stick out. You know, the one I read today about Carol Stone King and her mm-hmm. mother and uh, her mother and dad came to her, and this was back in the oh early 1950s. And they, her parents and her sister, came to where she was living with another woman, brought a police officer mm-hmm. with them to uh, try to get Carol out of that relationship with that woman. And the police officer said he couldn't do anything because she mm-hmm. wasn't being held against her will. And her mother told her she'd rather she be a prostitute. Mm. And her sister told her that she'd never have anything to do with her and never let her children be by herself mm-hmm. uh, with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just stories like that of people who have had such <laughs> really struggles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matt, uh, um, Matt Chislin, um, uh, he... he grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. He he tells the story of when he first went to gay bars, he would pull a big hat down over his <laughs> his face cuz he was uh-huh. afraid somebody was taking a picture of him uh-huh. going into a gay bar. Uh-huh. And you know, he was so full of fear uh-huh. um for doing something that he really wanted to do. And you know, this was probably in the 40s, I'd uh-huh. say. Uh-huh. And you know, he ultimately went into the military. He was a uh uh, in the Korean conflict, and and I mean, you know, his his story of, of, I mean, when I interviewed him, he told me about some person, a man that had been in his life all of his adult life. 
that I never even knew was there. Mm. I had never, ever heard him speak his name before. Mm -hmm. He's dead now. Mm -hmm. Not Matt, but the uh, man he was um, in love with. Mm -hmm. And uh, so maybe that's why he felt like he had permission to Mm -hmm. say his name to me. But... I mean, honestly, I could have fallen out of the chair when he told me that because I had seen Matt Chislin for many years sure. at social things, mm-hmm. had worked with him on committees. He had never mentioned that guy's name to me. Hmm. Um, so a million things speak, just, uh, you know, and, and stand out. And there's a lot of, you know, when you're talking about doing this kind of, of, of historical account and these individuals' accounts, you find a lot of common themes Yes. And so, you you know, you see things like fear and, and regret and, um, you know, dealing with uh, with religion and families. But you also, some of these um, also have some great stories, you know, of acceptance yes, and, yes, and yes, happiness. Yes, so. yes, that's right. That's right. There are, you know, what you see a lot is an evolution in their mm-hmm, stories. Mm-hmm. The initial coming out um, process may be painful. It may be... Um, you know, have a lot of issues associated with it. Mm-hmm. But then through the years, those stories turn into great stories mm-hmm. of family acceptance, family love, um, you know, and pride. Mm-hmm. It moves from uh, feelings of shame um, and not belonging to a sense of finding a community and feeling loved. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you something, one thing about this book that we hadn't said anything about today, mm-hmm. which I think is so important, which is why I wrote really this book. I wanted to reverse the name of this, but mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. Um, Committed to Home. These people stayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them went off, like, uh, uh, some of them went off and lived in other places. Some of them came from other places. Mm-hmm. But when they got here, they didn't go to Atlanta. They didn't go to Charlotte. They didn't mm-hmm. go to New York or mm-hmm. San Francisco. They came here. The original stories of the LGBTQ movement took place on two coasts, the East Coast and the West Coast, mm-hmm. San Francisco and New York. Mm-hmm. But there has been very little literary attention paid to the spaces in between. Mm-hmm. And so these people stayed here. That's mm-hmm. the important thing to know mm-hmm. about all of these people is they're here in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. They're still here. If they're alive, they're still here, except for Tony. He's gone mm-hmm. off with another guy, but <laughs> somewhere else. But I'm saying even he comes for pride mm-hmm. every year. So there was that's the theme that was the point of the book, really, mm-hmm. for me, was why did you stay? stay mm-hmm. you know why did you stay here and mm-hmm. then why are you an activist so and how did how did this what was your original title for this did you always have committed to home as that's the, what i wanted to have the title uh, um that's what i wanted the title to be i wanted the title to be committed to home and then you could put underneath you could put southern perspectives on the queer movement mm-hmm. if you wanted to mm-hmm. you know but uh, but anyway they didn't want it to be like that and so because they said committed to home um if you do a search on that it might be a mental institution of some uh-huh, kind uh-huh. so they said you yeah. can't you can't do right. that <laughs> and so we switched it to but i'm happy with it i mean mm-hmm. i'm happy with how it turned out mm-hmm. um but i always wanted to make sure that the committed to home was in there because it's such a mm-hmm. um a key key um it's the point of the book actually mm-hmm. and also there's a forward by harlan green and yes. um, i haven't seen harlan in a long time but uh how did you come to having him do the forward i tell you 
Harlan Green is in Charleston. We went down at, when the book was published last year. We went down to the College of Charleston. We had a wonderful event down mm-hmm. there that Harlan arranged and everything. Um, I did. I had never met Harlan before that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but the um, guy who actually um, helped me um, get this book, the what do you call it, the acquisitions editor? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, Alexander Moore. That's oh, it. Oh, okay. Right. Alex Moore. Okay. That's what his yeah, name was. because I know Alex um, from USC Press. And yes, he retired yes. probably a couple of years ago. He retired as soon as my book was <laughs> ready to be published. That's when he retired, Curtis. But um, anyway, um, he suggested Harlan Green because of his okay. prior, um, you know, work mm-hmm. that he's done. And, oh, I was thrilled for that because mm-hmm. Harlan has got a Lambda Literary Award. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very pleased that he would do it. And he wrote the perfect, perfect forward for this book. Mm-hmm. Um, he really did. And so um, I'm, and then meeting him and seeing what he's doing, he just received a wonderful grant down there. Um, and he's going to be collecting oral histories now mm-hmm. of the Low Country. Mm-hmm. See? So that'll be good oh, yeah, uh, that'll all. that'll be wonderful and um so anyway you see little things now springing up about it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um and so i'm i'm just thrilled that that we're going to be able to see um the seeds you know actually coming to fruition oh, I yeah, guess you could say. definitely um so since this is library voices sc uh podcast and we are in a library and sometimes we talk about libraries, but do you have any kind of special recollections or relationship to libraries in your lifetime? Yes, I do. The best recollections I have about libraries is bookmobiles. Ah. Um, when I was growing up in in rural Grimes County, Texas, um, we had a Grimes County bookmobile. We didn't. We didn't nobody had a library, uh-huh. but <laughs> this bookmobile came once a month. And I, it, it would pull up down in front of my granddaddy's barber shop, and he would um, tell my grandmother, he would somehow tell my grandmother the bookmobile was here. Uh-huh. And so I would come running with my books, and because uh, I always took out the maximum. I don't know if it was three or four books, but I'd be bringing <laughs> my books back so I could get some more books. And I remember they had a little magazine that they passed out for children uh-huh. um, trying to help list the books that we ought to be reading you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, so that i had a wonderful experience with the library but it was on wheels um but i have an abiding love for libraries and what they offer uh, to the community uh, particularly you know the free things that mm-hmm, y'all mm-hmm. do so i i i love all of the things that are represented by the library system. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned bookmobiles because, you know, a big part of library service, uh, especially in very rural areas, is bookmobile service. And Still? So, yes, even in South Carolina, there are a lot of lot of library systems in the state that have bookmobiles that, I didn't know that. go out and about. But now they even have Wi-Fi. And they have computers on them, and they have all different kinds of things. So no matter how remote you are, uh, most likely you're able to get to some kind of educational resources. That is amazing. I really didn't know that they even still did bookmobiles. Oh, yeah. We actually have a uh, annual bookmobile uh, <laughs> meeting here, usually here in the Midlands area, of all the bookmobiles that are, are working in the state. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's great. And what it offers children like me, adults, uh, is it's a world that 
they have no other way mm-hmm. of getting yeah, to. So. Exactly. So as we wrap up, what kind of other things are you working on or what kind of plans do you have in the in the future with your writing? Well, thank you for asking. I have a, a new book coming out. It's called um, Four Ticket Ride. And it is uh, going to be, I'm hoping that it'll get out um, this this month. What day? This is this. Well, maybe not this month, but February. Um, because it's right now the um, editor has it. Um, they have made the, uh, you know, corrections mm-hmm. and... Um, it should be sent to the printer, hopefully, the end of this week. It, Four Ticket Ride is a, very much like all my other writing. It's a collection of short mm-hmm. um, nonfiction um, uh, essays, and um, it's on a variety of variety of um, contemporary um, things, you know, <laughs> sports, um, oh, just things I love, you know, to mm-hmm. write about. So mm-hmm. it's it's a good... Actually, I think this four-ticket ride may be my favorite one. How it got the name four-ticket ride was a friend of mine, Esther. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, talking with her one day, and she said she'd been in a doctor's office waiting room um, and with one of the little lady that mm-hmm. was in there. Mm-hmm. And they had sat there and talked. Well, no, they hadn't talked. Sat there in silence, silence, silence. And Esther said, she asked, it was an older, elderly little lady, and she said, well, how are you doing today? And that little lady looked at her and said, honey, life's a four-ticket ride. (laughs) And (laughs) she was referring to the state fair being in town (laughs) and the rides. You know how you have to buy those tickets? Right, you have to buy the rides. And the more dangerous the rides are, the more tickets there are. Exactly. And so she told Esther life was a four-ticket ride. (laughs) And so... That's my title, okay? I think that's perfect. Isn't that's that a great, great... That's a story in itself. Oh, it's a great story. I put it in the preface. I, I just I just loved it. when I just died laughing when she told me that lady told her that. That's perfect. <laughs> well, we're, we're definitely looking forward to that. Good. Thank you. And thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you, Curtis. I really have enjoyed chatting with you, and I appreciate the opportunity to visit with you on your podcast. Well, we love having you here. And also, thank you to our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so please send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. Until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening.